Welcome to Stuff from the Science Lab from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast. This is Allison Loudermilk, the science editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And this is Robert Lamb, science writer at HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Allison. Hey, Robert. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear the phrase, fight fire with fire? Well, I think of a song, and it goes a little something like this. Do unto others as they would do to you. So uh. on and so on. <laughs> fight fire with fire. Yes, the classic Fight Fire with Fire from the 1984 Metallica album, Ride the Lightning. Indeed. Metallica's a fine band. Uh, yeah, the, at one point I was really into him. Back in college, I think. What well, do you think of? Well, when, well, also when I was in college, I took a bunch of Shakespeare classes. So I remember a certain line from The Life and Death of King John, which went a little something like this. Be stirring as the time, be fire with fire, threaten the threatener and outface the brow of bragging horror. So this phrase has clearly been around the block. I mean, Shakespeare is invoking it. Metallica's been invoking it. Exactly. It's, you know, it's pretty simple. Meet violence with violence, you know? An eye for an eye, if you right. prefer the biblical one. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. The Chicago way. Exactly. But does it make any literal sense? That's the question, right? Can you really fight fire with fire? Yeah, can you hurl a ball of flames at a fire and is that going to do any good? Um, it might be entertaining. Uh, that kind of thing might fly at Burning Man, but it's uh, it's not really going to actually fight a fire. No, se. it's a lot less exciting than that. Right, but to a to a certain extent, yes. Uh, firefighters do fight fire with fire. They use fire um, as a means of either preventing or um, halting or just redirecting uh, the course of wildfires and forest fires. So let's let's review for a sec. I know you guys know what fire is, of course. It's a, it's a chemical reaction. It requires oxygen and fuel. And if you take one or the other away, your fire is going to die out, right? Right. So one way people have done this in the past, um, you know, <laughs> is to throw some water on it. Hey, right. that's... Yeah, ro- basically robbing, of its, uh, robbing the fire of its oxygen. Uh, and the same deal if you've ever seen like an old John Wayne movie or... Um, there will be blood. You have an oil rig fire. You know, you have just a limitless, or maybe not limitless, but you have a, um, this constant flow of, of combustible material coming out of the ground. Right. And, uh, the fire's just raging and raging. Then they throw in a stick of dynamite. It's a big explosion. And then all you have is just the oil going up. So you still have, uh, plenty of fuel for the fire, but there's no more fire because you took away the oxygen with the blast. Right. So this sounds like kind of a dangerous way to to fight a fire. It makes me a little uncomfortable, but the it has worked in the past. And there are actually some pretty cool stories about um this one guy who uh, specialized in fighting oil well fires. I read a re- really neat article on Time about it. And he would go around and this was his job. It sounds extraordinarily dangerous to me. I think I prefer the life of an editor. Oh, yes. Well, uh well you also have to put out fires as an editor. That is but, true. Uh, but but this oil rig guy you're talking about, uh, I don't think he'd really do that great of a job against a forest fire or a wildfire. Good point. Because that's going to take a lot of dynamite to put out, say, you know, a square acre of flame. Um, so yeah, you really can't um, take away the oxygen for for that kind of a fire, but you can take away um, its fuel, and that's where fighting fire with fire really comes into its own. 
Right. So there are two basic strategies with fighting fire with fire. You have the preemptive. Let's let's take care of this beforehand. Let's get all the fuel out of here. Let's look around my my home site and gee, that pile of wood leaning up against the house really isn't such a good idea. Or yeah, it's like if you live in say New York or London and you see the signs that say please don't feed the rats, don't leave food out. You know, I don't want rats in my house, so I shouldn't leave a whole bunch of uh, junk food laying in the floor or throw it down in the street. You know, it's a preemptive move to remove uh, the substance that the uh, the enemy will consume. Uh, to put another great analogy that we were talking about is the uh, uh, the war analogy. Hmm. This is a uh, when you uh, institute a control burn and remove the um, the the fuel through a control burn. You are. Uh, it's it's like going out and digging a moat to keep an advancing army from getting to you. Okay. Yeah, I see that. I will say, though, and I feel obligated to throw this in, um, occasionally you have controlled burns that do get out of control. Like I read about one in, back in 2000 um, in New Mexico where the National Park Service set a controlled burn um, and it wound up consuming something like 200 homes. Yeah, that's not that's not the ideal. Yeah, the, the, the idea, of course, is you're going you're to set the, the fire under control circumstances. You're going to watch it. You're going to have uh, you know water on hand, et cetera. Um, and you're just going to go ahead and let nature take its course to a certain extent under control circumstances because it's easy to forget this um, since fire is such a hindrance to human endeavor and, and human uh, uh, you know settlements, et cetera, uh, that a forest fire or a wildfire is really part of the natural process uh, in many ecosystems. Um, right. Absolutely. I mean, just like you can live in a flood zone or uh, you can live in a fire zone and um, vegetation is dependent on it. Um, you know, it's the way that the canopy and the trees might be controlled, you know, so that there wasn't excessive growth. Sequoias actually depend on fire. Yeah, the, the, the sequoia seeds actually remain dormant until the fire breaks down the outer coating. Uh, and a number of other uh, plants have grown, if, if not to depend upon the fire, um, to at least uh, weather the storm of uh, regular wildfires. So, uh, so when you see some, if you happen to see somebody performing a control burn, you know, don't feel sorry for the vegetation because there's a good chance. I mean, this is, this is something they've evolved to deal with. Right. And then the ultimate goal of, of the controlled burn is a fire break. It's a gap. That's mm-hmm. what you're really looking at there. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's like we're saying, it's a moat to keep the advancing army, the flame from reaching, um, you know, your fortress. All right. So let's talk about the, the army's a little closer. They're, they're encroaching upon our moat. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is where the, the analogy would, would be more, uh, if you go out and say, destroy the bridge to keep the, uh, to keep the army from advancing. Right. The wildfire is rampaging at this point. Right. The rats are closing in <laughs> and the only thing you can do is just get rid of all the food. So, uh, so yeah, this is, uh, this is backfiring. You just go out and, uh, and they start instituting a control burn. Uh, so as to uh, either to cut off the flames mm-hmm. or to redirect them. So backfires ultimately may not stop the fire, but they may divert it. Right. They'll, yeah, they'll at least, you know, the idea is to divert the flames away from a settlement or, um, or another area that's, uh, you know, laden with fuel. Yeah, and that's where you get those cool tools like fire torches and propane torches or drip torches. Right. The drip torches are the ones you really see a lot of. And this this kind of looks like a little handheld canister. Mm-hmm. It's just dripping flaming liquid. Um, and the idea is they just go out there and they, you know, you can start doing basically a line of flame on the ground. It's not a flamethrower, but it's uh it is an implement that drips flame. Uh propane torches are a little more flamethrower like, but uh 
but yeah, they're, they're, those are the key implements that you see used. And the, um, of course, the, the propane torch is particularly interesting. Why is uh, that? Well, that's because uh, when we were researching this, I, I found um, an ad for one on a gardening website. And apparently it just has tons of uses just around the, around the, the, the house. I mean, uh, sure, you want to burn some weeds because uh, it, it, I love how this ad points out that uh, you can have more fun this way. Pulling weeds, eh, that's kind of boring. But if you can set fire to them, imagine. We're not <laughs> so, advocating this. But. So this this appeals to the pyromaniac and the gardener alike. Right, yeah, and apparently you can use it to, like, you need a, use a, the driveway needs to be de-iced. You don't need salt or a de-icing agent. You need a propane torch. Oh, you know? good Lord. You can sterilize bird and animal cages, etc. Anyway, that's that's a whole tangent. So that's how you fight fire with fire. So do you feel, uh, feel a little better about uh, flames now, fire hazards, wildfires? I will say, I, I feel a little better about wildfires. Um, however, I don't feel all that good about leaving my curling irons on still. I still might be a little, yeah. little nervous about that. Maybe the toaster. I'm still going to unplug it, I think. Good call. I'm going to go home and check on my toaster, too. So if you want to learn more about uh, anything from toasters to fire breathing to firefighters to uh, whether an iPod can set your pants on fire, head on over to HowStuffWorks.com. Or check out the blogs at blogs.HowStuffWorks.com. Thanks for listening. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.